on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I was chasing the money a little yeah. too much. And I think commercial success from a financial standpoint is meaningless if you don't think about the bigger picture. You can uplift and build, you know, and create allies in the world. I always try to tell everyone on my team is it's more important to have allies out in the world because you never know when that phone call is going to come to help you and when you need to help someone. So yeah. you can't just be selfish in business. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. I'm your host, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Jeremy Hodges on the King stage. My brother, Jeremy, how we doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. It's really I'm awesome. so excited that you're here. We we already exchanged the you know the happy Mondays back and forth, but uh, I've got 100%. another another bearded brother from another mother here on the show. <laughs> this this seems to be a common theme now. I'm gonna have to get a a beard. Like a beard at like sponsor or something at this point. I've had so many beards on the on the on the show here. You are a true inspiration and influencer in the network. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need we need some some beard oil, some shampoo, all the fun stuff, right? Well, Jeremy, what kind of business do you have, brother? We're excited that you're here. Yeah, you know, so Project Art Collective is a multidisciplinary creative studio. What that means is we do a range of work, everything from ad design to content development to live experiences. And we work from everyone from major brands, from Coca-Cola to McDonald's to also a lot of celebrities, Kendrick Lamar, Lady Gaga, Bill Gates, and it ranges. So we're in a business to bring artistic experiences to life and bring people together. Oh, I love that last sentence was like really, really impactful to be, to be in business, to bring artistic experiences and people together. Like... Whoa, that like that's up on a wall somewhere. It sounds like. Oh man, I, I I think I'm about to trademark that. Thank you. Yeah, dude, that was. I mean, that the first thing that you said was pretty powerful, also, but that one was easier to say to repeat back. You know. <laughs> yeah, you so. know, when you do experiences and events, it's it's something magical to see people all come together under one kind of notion of just right. letting be free. Even when you go to a music festival, it's a different kind of energy, that's and right. that energy is what kind of snap me at my young age I was like I got to be a part of that full time you're right when it comes to an event you know I'm sure every single listener right now is thinking about an event that they went to in the last even two years even since COVID and it's like man even since COVID realizing that you get back together with people and you're like whoa I was I was missing it you know and right. we can do the zoom thing we're here together we got the virtual you know bro hug going on and that's all cool and, you know, we run the mastermind group, you know, a lot virtually. And then, of course, we get in person. But it is totally different when yep. you've been doing the Zoom thing month in, week out, month in, week out. And then you get together in person. It's like a whole nother the, level of experience. It's like the ultimate networking, right? You get to borrow yeah. their energy, listen to what they're saying in real time. And it's just something about that human touch that that's everyone needs. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to I'm going to get started here with some questions here. But before we do that, you've you've said. Yeah. Even before we hit the recording button, you you mentioned this, you know, getting around good energy. You know, we talked about, you know, just being around each other here for today. Yeah, um, for sure. But in the events and 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 capturing this energy that you're talking about, you know, I, I've recently become obsessed with this idea of transferring courage, right? Yeah. Yep. And so, like, when you say get around energy, I immediately think I'm going to get around some other people that I can, I can, I can get transferred courage or I can transfer courage to others. Right. How, Tell me about this energy that you're talking about, especially because you're in the events business. And how does yeah. it correlate to a transfer of courage, do you think? Yeah, you know, in the event in the event business, business overall for me, I'm a real big component of like-minded individuals, not only yeah. on the business sense, but people that come in and are just empathetic and actually have really good energy as a person. I've right. always worked well of coming in because, you know, like, in my business, I'm supposed to be like the mean guy yelling all the time, saying, get this done. 
but that was never me. I always yeah. felt that I want to have the respect of the janitor as well as the CEO. And yeah, when right. you have that, you don't have any fear of walking in your path. So yeah. I'm confident on who I am. And so I like to be around people who are confident in who they are because that energy transfers over of the courage you're speaking of, of like being able to walk through the fires and never quit, be persistent and have that conversation, but then also have the courage to have, a, you know, let go of your ego to borrow and learn because that's one of the big things in businesses. As you grow up the ladder, a lot of people feel like, you know it all, but yeah. I don't. And so I want to be able to take step back and be like, you know what? I can learn from this 18 year old intern that just came on board because I don't know what he knows and he doesn't know what I know. But so let's transfer that as long as he's willing to learn and not fall up. And as long as I have that openness. And so that's a real big component for me of like, just always being a sponge and absorbing everyone around me and borrowing that aura. And you could tell when you walk in a room and the aura is off or just the energy is wrong. You're like, this doesn't feel good. And so I'm always trying to be in good field. Yeah. Understood. I I hear that not only just what you're saying right now, but I'm, I'm correlating it back to just specific events that I can think of in my mind. Yeah. Even times I can remember last year, we did an event where we were doing a Q&A with one of the guys in Gathering the Kings, and he's a pretty big business owner, multiple nine figures. And he said that he was always trying to have the approach of being a learn-it-all, not a know-it-all. And in essence, what mm-hmm. you just said is, if I can put my ego to the side or you know, just a, a, a in king language, if I can come to the king table, you can come to the king table. We can both take our crown off, right? Yep, yep. And we can dialogue and go back and forth. There's things that I have that you don't and vice versa. It has nothing to do with the fact that I got a lot of money or I got a lot of experience or I got a lot of whatever the crown represents to you or to me. We put it down and put it to the side and then we can do this. Or you can do it with an 18-year-old who doesn't have a crown yet. Yep. Right? Exactly. Exactly. You can uplift and build, you know, and create allies in the world. I always try to tell everyone on my team is it's more important to have allies out in the world because you never know when that phone call is going to come to help you and when you need to help someone. So you can't just be selfish in business. That's right. That's so good. There's even the way that you say that of building allies, not with the intention to be able to call, but being able to call when you need it. Yep, exactly. That's all it is. That's all it's there. You know, you have a foundation of support. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, so you've got this incredible events business. There's so much stuff going on inside, of course, advertising, all these big names that you threw out there. We want to get into some of this, but before we do, why do you do this? Like you've been successful. You've done, been done successful Yeah, yeah. and you're still doing it. You're doing it on another round in a completely different way this time. What's your why? Why are you at it? Yeah. You know, I have a model that I have of be the oil painting. And Mm. what that means for me is that if you ever look at any successful business or family, say the Rockefellers, I guarantee if you go into their house, there's a there's an oil painting of the matriarch that started that. And so, or the patriarch that started that. Right. So I want to be able to leave that foundation for my family, but more importantly, also for others that need to come around me. I want to be able to give my family and kids a head start and be able to give them an opportunity to say, What's my purpose? How can I go and have the freedom to have choice? But then I think it's my responsibility to also open that door to people that just need a stepping stone up. So allowing that is my purpose. I want to be able to help people. I want to help others. And I also just want to make sure my family is secure and be the oil painting for them. Dude, I mean, so first off, the the idea of legacy and all this impact that you're talking about, like I wouldn't have expected anything less coming from a guy like you, but thanks for giving that to us. We have yeah. got to go into the oil painting because the way that you describe that, obviously you have this artistic perspective. And so I just appreciate that. And I want to, I want to tell you something that, I, that, um, that may, it made me think of, but before I do that, like, where did that come from? How did you think about that? Where did that come to your brain? Did you read it in a book? Did it come to you? You know, it was walking around museums and I always saw like important figures or just people that made a difference and an impact was always captured as an oil painting. And I think, you know, if you, the president, every, every president has an oil painting, every major family has an oil painting. And as a kid, like that, I grew up, I grew up from Freeport, Illinois, a little small town in the cornfields. And I didn't get to see all that lavish lifestyle and those things. So when I started getting exposed, I'm like, how do I get an oil painting? Or like, how do I make myself special enough that someone wants to sit down and say, 
come yeah. to a museum and just look and be like, he made a difference. Now, yeah. I don't want to just be in the painting just to be. It has to have a purpose, like you said. Like, yeah. so yeah. what is the why? What is the purpose? And when people talk, I want them to be like, man, he really made an impact because of X, Y, Z. And like I said, I want to be the, the cornerstone of my family of knowing that grand, my grandkids, grandkids, and great grandkids are taken care of. So that's that's been the whole model that I've been living with the last couple of years. That's so big, dude. Well, I got to tell you, because you just transferred a, 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 a ton of courage to me because in November, I, I, I did this and I'm going to, it's, and I'm going to continue doing it. Yeah. With my original seven mastermind members, right? So this was early last year. You know, I had a few, few people that I knew, a few people that I didn't know, a few people that knew me from social media, but didn't, I didn't know them at all. We kind of yeah. all came together. There were seven, eight of us. And we kind of just were like, let's do this gathering the Kings thing. I was just kind of like, they, they took a bet on me. Right. And, yep. and we just came upon that first year and they've seen incredible growth in their business and so forth. So on, we've added tons of members and it's been all incredible. But at our last event in November, I made like a replica. It wasn't actual oil, but it was a painting of them, like an oil painting yeah. of them as a King, you know, wow. like a, Yep. Like in different, different variations, there's a company that, that can, you know, basically do it online. And so, and so, and then I presented it to them at our event and I'm here in April, I'll give our second round of those coming out, but the language that you just gave around this oil painting and being the oil painting and the patriarch or the matriarch and that, that person worthy of the painting yep. is yep. I'm stealing it. Um, uh, your your legacy will live hey. on through gathering the kings. Oh man, I appreciate that. Man, it's all good, man. Take it, you know. It's Incredible. one of those things that spread the world, spread the wealth, and and yeah. hopefully it gathers and other people can, you know, you know. Well, now now somebody's gonna steal it from you, and so that's exactly. that's where it's supposed to be, you know. Exactly, exactly. I love that. Okay, so let's jump into the business. Let's let's. Uh, how'd you get yeah. started? I know you start you got started young, but like, give us an idea of like just how entrepreneurship and you came to get yeah you know like i said you know i grew up in a very small town so freeport illinois right in the cornfield so i was always dreaming to get out you know i wanted to see the big city chicago i wanted to see what la had dreams of living in new york so when i was able to go to college just going into an event was the first thing that you know your first college experience your first event I didn't care about any girls. I didn't care about anything. When I went in and saw all those people together, just having fun and together, I was hooked. Yeah. So this was a Friday night. And I remember Saturday and Sunday, I spent all those, both of those days at my desk, writing down a business plan on like what I thought was a business plan in a yeah. notebook of like, we need to do this. Oh, I can call this person. I need to, I need to call this. And I remember the next day I started calling hotels and I started calling the YMCA, like, hey, can I throw a pool party? And I had to learn the hard way, but it was like, wait, what? Like, do you have this kind of insurance? Do you have this? And I'm like, oh, so, you know, I had to take a step back. And I remember the promoters that were throwing that event in college. I went to them and was like, how did you do this? And yeah. so I started taking those steps of building that on my own. And the next thing I know, I was throwing some of the largest events from homecoming to after the football games. And every weekend we just had it going uh, that we actually started getting invited to throw events in the city of Chicago. So I was like, oh, wow. And then that's when we started doing a lot of things with some celebrities from Jay-Z. We did a, a birthday party for Donovan McNabb. And so it started kind of going, but my real big break was when Red Bull approached us and said, hey, we're launching Sugar Free in Chicago. We want to, you know, what, what are some ideas you have? And I was like, you know what, let's transform parking lots into backyards because this should be the ultimate drink when any, you know, any event that happens. And they were like, oh, and they bought the idea. And that was like me forming a reputable thing, like the real business model. Then it was like, oh, wait, yeah. I was throwing events and parties, but this is real now. So yeah. that was the first step. And then it just kind of grew. And I've been really, really blessed and lucky that I've had a ton of mentors and that stepped out of the uh, the normal. One of the the early ones, you know, from, from people that were in the industry, it's a guy named Matt Klaus that kind of took me under his wing uh, and started teaching me an understanding of hey, you do really cool things, but let's be more strategic with it. To people that own agencies that actually gave me a shot and was like, hey, you, yeah. this is amazing thinking, but like, let's form it. And why don't you come over here and work with us? And we could teach you like on a different right. level. So yeah, I just yeah. started absorbing, absorbing. 
and started building and slowly getting into where we are. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> I mean, obviously there's a lot of detail in there that we're going to get to, but what I heard is that you, you fell in love with something. You figured out how to do the thing that you loved regularly and you got good at it. You started charging money for it. People started noticing that. Yep. And, and really what, what your events translated to eventually is that there was power in your ability to bring attention, right? So whether that's physically in a party or eyeballs in a parking lot to a Red Bull or an advertising campaign, yep. you have this extreme superpower to grab attention, which we're all learning through social media podcasts and stuff like that now is that, you know, attention is, is the, it's the flow of money for the next 50 years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, like I always knew I was creative, but I didn't know how to articulate it. And right. so doing these events was my outlet to let that creativity loose, loose. Like I wasn't a guy that could sit down and just paint or the guy that can go and draw the most amazing things. But I knew how to curate an experience that everyone was like, oh, that's cool. And brought people together. And then when they got there, they had such a good time that it started going. And through the years now, it's like, how do you turn it into a business? How do you sustain it? How do you right. generate revenue from it? Right. And, you know, some of the the not so fun stuff of ROIs and KPIs and all that jazz, but it's not always just fun and games. It's the actual business you got to run to with it. And, yeah. you know, yeah. that those are things that you learn around uh, on that journey. Well, it's funny too, because everything that you just described is what a craftsman goes through, right? So your craft just happened to be people. And, yeah. and gathering them and, and other people's craft is maybe, you know, building a deck or, yep. or, you know, some sort of other home service, you know, but yep. I, I've, I've mentioned on several shows, it's like, whether someone's building a marketing campaign or whether someone's building a deck, it, the, 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 the skill has to be there to obviously translate, you know, like service for money, but yep. running the business is a whole other <clears throat> thing. Yeah. And it, it's not easy, right? Like you go through those and there were, I mean, there was plenty of times where everything wasn't successful and I lost right. a ton of money, but there's also where you just kind of have that, you know, no one knows what throwing an event or marketing does. It, I mean, just recently, my dad just really understood like what I do for a living. It was always like, <laughs> wait, what does he do? Like, how is he making that? What's going on? And, and he's making um, how much? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then, you know, I'm going to college to for pre-law and to become a lawyer. And I'm over here throwing these events on the side. And actually one of the most important conversations I've ever had was I was going to one of my law school, my law classes and the professor, and I was always in the back of the room because I would throw events. So people would come buy tickets or whatever. So like I would sit by the door and people would be like, Hey, where are you? And I had the phone and people would come and then pick up their tickets or whatever. Uh -huh. So the professor came to me and was like, man, like, no, like, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I see something totally different. Like everywhere I go around this campus, I see your flyers, I see your events. Are you sure you want to be a lawyer? Because I think you could tap into something different. That moment sparked me to realize that maybe I'm not in my right lane, even yeah. though like throwing the events, like you said, that was my superpower and I didn't really own it yet. Like I, yeah. I, I was doing it on the side, having fun, but I was still like, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to go to school. Right. And when my professor said that, I was just like, wait, maybe she's right. Maybe this is not what I'm supposed to do. So I had to take a step back and realize like, yeah. will I be happy long-term if I was like sitting at a law firm and going downtown? Now yeah. that doesn't mean that that's not, that, that's, that was my story. But like, yeah. it might be someone that story is like, their superpower was being a lawyer and being down that path, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a rare glimpse into like, oh, he's a party promoter. So he's always having fun or any of those things. But, you know, there's a lot of things you got to worry about of, yeah. you know, the bringing the people together is one thing, but then, like you said, it's a whole business to it that it's a lot of learning experiences, a lot of bumps and bruises, a lot of conniving, a lot of evil people in the business. So yeah. those things you got to learn and take on and, I think when it all clicked for me is when I realized that that's my superpower. Like Kobe Bryant had basketball. I had throwing events and bringing people together. And so I used that and start owning my power. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that, that 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 play that you just ran right there, that we got to hear you express at some point, you became aware of your superpower. I, I can't describe to the listener how important that is. Like we can talk, 
like you said, KPIs and numbers and P&L and hiring and all the practical things. But all of those things are just that until yep. you figure out like, what is my, what is that thing? Exactly. And, and I used to say in business a lot, like the widget didn't matter. Like, and it still doesn't to a degree. I have lots of different types of businesses. And to me, doing business is the widget. It's, it's the, it's the fun that I get the juice of the squeeze of just the whole piece of running a business, like hiring the personality culture index and doing a podcast, like all the different things gets me juiced. But when I really, really, really started honing in on what that superpower is, then you realize that like, okay, well you do 300 episodes of a podcast and you have people, you have, you know, entrepreneurs from all across the country reaching out going, wow, dude, thanks for, thanks for doing this. Or you have incredible guests like Jeremy Hodges that says, dude, I, I appreciate you having me. And I'm just like, what you know like this is yeah. this is insane um but when you when you can recognize that moment of like this is the lane that i'm supposed to be in everything yeah. like the dominoes just fall right yep yeah it, it's a uh, um man it's a uh, yeah it's definitely being in tune with who you are and not everyone gets it at the right time and some people get it when they're older in life which yeah. is okay as long as okay. you get it and then you own it and then you'll just see everything just started. It's like, you, it's the domino effect. As soon as you realize it, everything just starts like, boom, boom. The connections start coming in different and you start yep. seeing everything in slow space. I call it my spidey senses because now I can see it and I'm like, everything just looks like slow motion. And it's like, that's right. okay, that's the path I need to go down and trusting yeah. that gut instinct to do so. Exactly. I love that. Okay, good. Well, so we're going to talk about a good decision that you've made, maybe early on in the business, but something that you did that you can look back on and be like, that one decision that I made impacted a bunch. What was it? And my my number one decision was, like I said, I'm a real big component of learning. And so at a point in time when I was 31 years old, I had an opportunity to actually go work for an actual ad agency. Right. I had grown my business to a point to where I wasn't really happy because I was in the, the business that I grew and this goes into like a little bit of a bad decision or like a, a route that I probably didn't. But at one point sure. in time, when I started, I started chasing money. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. the fancy cars. I wanted the big house. And so I was chasing the next big check. So I was taking on work that wasn't really feeding my soul just to pay the bills and keep everything going. And more importantly, so I can like try to go get the Hummer truck or try to go get the big house. Right. And I started realizing like, man, I am like miserable. And so I had an opportunity and this is where Matt Krause came in, where he introduced me to an agency called Walton Isaacson. And Corey Isaacson, the owner of that agency, gave me my first shot into a traditional agency life. And I'll always be be grateful for that opportunity because I remember Matt sitting me down and saying that like, I do really cool things, but like, there's no strategy behind it. And I was just like, yeah, whatever, man, my company's doing this money and I'm doing this on a weekly basis. Right. But being able to make the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to take a step back, shut my company down for a while, talk to my clients, bring them over to Walton Isaacson, and then go learn. I stayed in Walton Isaacson for three years, and it was like I went back and got a master's degree. Yeah, Being able to have the blessing of a CEO of those companies between Aaron and Corey of like taking me under their wing and just teaching me and yeah. having someone that I can go speak to with that wealth. Yep. really taught me the game of marketing, advertising, and how to be strategic about everything I do. So now it's bulletproof when you take it out to the world. And yeah. that kind of made me put on like a sheet of armor going through that process. So for me, that was the best experience and the best opportunity that I ever did for myself. If I didn't make that decision, it was like, you know, stubborn of like, no, I'm doing good. And I like kept my ego. Right. I don't know if I would be where I'm at today. Well, I know for a fact I would not be where I'm at today. Yeah. At some point, I'd probably be working at an office like miserable because I didn't listen to that part. And so I'm I'm really lucky that that opportunity was there. I saw it and I decided to take the heed to it. Yeah, it's an incredible story, really, that you not only just got mentorship, because I think there's a lot of opportunity for the listener, whether it's an individual business coach, it's a, you know, an event they can go to. You know, if there's seven or eight figures, they can join Gathering the Kings. But like, there's a lot of opportunities to get mentorship or get around people who you can learn from. But for you, it had to go another layer. You gave up your business, brought your clients over. Like, yeah, it was more than just let me go get some help and pay for it. It was like, like a commitment. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is probably why you learned what you did, right? Yeah, for for sure. Because I mean, 
the the money to go wasn't the same <laughs> by no means you know me and my wife struggled at that point in time and she was my backbone during that like you know we had a, a newborn child and I had to struggle to get there and say like okay like we got to make some decisions we got to you know health care and this and that so being able to make all that rounded was like perfect and that mentorship man if you can't you can't pay for it You're like it's no. it's not worth any money that's out there when you can find a solid team of mentors or just one individual that's willing to invest their time in you it's worth its weight in gold yeah yeah okay well, let's flip the coin jeremy what yeah. what do you what'd you do that you would never want to do again but you're glad you did it because you learned yeah you know i, I think choice? my yeah my my worst choices was i said like i said was i think i was chasing i was chasing the money a little yeah. too much and i think commercial success from a financial standpoint is meaningless if you don't think about the bigger picture. And I was living very narrow-minded of like, oh, I want the fancy thing now. I want this. So I didn't really have a purpose or a why. Like if you would have asked me this right. when I was 31 or 30 years old starting that business, I don't know if I could answer it, to be honest. Yeah. And so now being able to see that learning of like how that took me down a path of being miserable, I didn't really have a ton of people that like really was there for me and like sustaining in that. The mentors were were there, but like it wasn't super strong relationships like it is now. And I don't even know where that money and stuff went. Like this, like if if you really think, I'm like, what do we really buy for any of that stuff? Or like what what do we come away with any of that work? And now I'm I have a a long platform of things that made impact, and I don't chase that at all because I know it will come. Because yeah. when you put good stuff out in the world and good work in the world the money follows. So you just got to have that philosophy of like, don't reverse it. Reverse taking care of the people that you're servicing. Make sure your service is top notch and better than anything that's out there. Everything else will come, you know? Uh, and so that's, that's really was my learning from that whole bad mistake. You, you've tied in a couple of principles here. You've tied in delayed gratification, like personally, right? You yep. have yep. maybe not necessarily chasing the money or maybe what the money can produce for me at a younger age as opposed to what it can do for me later. So I want you to talk about that. But you've also introduced this this principle of not just delayed gratification, but doing what's right for a period of time. And then the right thing comes back, which is still a delayed gratification piece. It yep. just you kind of you kind of brought this principle up in kind of two different ways. One of money and and if the listeners paying attention right now and they've got money they've earned whether it be through you know a sales career or whether they're starting their business and they're already like up and running and making a lot of money and they're thinking about some of those things that aren't going to serve them 15 and 50 years from now or their family what yeah. would you say to that person right there and then I'll address the second delayed gratification here in a second what would you say to the the first the I think the first the one is well the chasing of the money is a good example the advertising world right I'll take it from an industry that I work in and I'm familiar with. In the 2000s, it was a struggle and the decline of a lot of advertising dollars because the internet came around. So a lot of consumers were like, I can just go on the internet and kind of do my own thing. Well, the reason that was is because people stopped realizing and believing in brands because they were being told or sold something because everybody was chasing the money and saying, buy, 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 without being empathetic or understanding what does a consumer actually want? The consumers that actually think about like, what does a consumer really want? For example, Apple. Now Apple turns into a multi-billion dollar company, but what did they put in front? A superior product. They understood what the consumer wanted. And then that translated into becoming one of the richest businesses in the history of business, right? And so when you start thinking of that, it's about thinking through strategically of like, okay, what am I building and how do I make it superior? what is this solving for whoever I'm trying to go after? If it's real estate, how do I make it easier for these consumers to find houses and to feel right. like I'm the one that could sell those houses for them? If it's any kind of business, it has a translation. And then two, how does that translate over to become successful in the business model? And so when you start thinking through those, those layers and kind of that formula, it starts coming together of like, you always have your why answered. You always are empathetic to how a consumer would feel with your product. And then when right. you put those people, put those beans first, yeah. man, the money's going to always come. It, it, will, it will never think. So the, the key of it is patience. Yeah. Sit down and sit back and look at your 
principles of what your business is standing on and just put it through the ringer of like, does it check the marks of yeah. putting the people that you're servicing first? And then do your, is your business superior than anything that's out there? And if not, you can make tweaks to each one. That's the beauty right. of what we do for a living is that right. we can easily just go back into the craft table and say, all right, let's tweak this. Let's see if it works, put it out there and go. And that takes away the instant gratification, but the long-term value is where we go back to like-minded people. I want to look at how does this affect my family, family, family. So I, I look at it now, like, you know, I'm, I'm 43 years old. I'm, I'm only going to be able to enjoy so much of the things that I'm doing, but I know that I'll be happy on my deathbed because everyone behind me is taken care of. And so I don't have to, any worries or any, I don't have to worry that if something happens to me tomorrow, that it's going to be a panic of like what to do. And so having that kind of well-being takes all the stress and makes you live a whole nother purposeful life. So if you're not there yet, it's be patient, run it through the gamut and don't be afraid to make tweaks until it's right. And speak to a lot of people, find others that are successful and don't be afraid to go up to them. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell a story about that. So I used to be, a, I'm a big dreamer. So I used to drive around the, like the neighborhood and go see like these mansions. And I remember there were families like outside doing their lawn or just outside. I would stop my car and be like, I'm sorry. Like, I just have to ask, like, what do you do for a living? Like, this house is amazing. Some people were like, what the hell? Like, you trying to, like yeah. what is this? But <laughs> this one family, the guy sat me down and was like, man, I've never had anyone come up to me and ask that before. And that's really impressive. He owns 20 gas stations at the time, like was telling me about his different investments. And he's like, you know, worth $100 million and has this 13 bedroom house. And if it wasn't for me stopping to say hi and like just, I'm just trying to figure out how do you do it? What did you do? I would have never had that moment of internship or mentorship with him and someone that I could learn from. And so don't be afraid to just ask for help or just go ask and take the courage, like you said, of, being able to step out there sometimes. And I know sometimes it's scary as hell and weird, but like got to yep. break through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Everything that you just said, I, I hope the listener pauses and goes back and listens to it again because it's simple, but it's so profound. And I've done the same thing to, you know, to, to certain folks where I'm just like, okay, tell me, <laughs> please tell me because this doesn't make any sense to me. And you know, it's funny too, because now in a position where we are today, you know, I don't have a 13 bedroom house, but pretty nice house and had some yeah. good success. And so, so have you, and isn't it, isn't it interesting how some people, especially some of those that are closest to us. And you're like, how have you never asked me? Yep. 100%. How have you never called and said, Hey, whatever our relationship is, Hey, can, can we do lunch? You know? Yep. Yep. And some, some people do and good for them. And it's not like I'm anything special, but just like you're saying, most people like that guy are more than willing to give yep. mentorship or time or, you know, some, some advice or, or a helpful, helpful tip or hint, you know, um, success, su success is only a secret to those who aren't looking for it, you know? Right. hundred percent, man. And it's a, it's a wild, it's a, it's profound because I think one, a lot of people are intimidated Two, a lot of people don't believe that they could do it. Right. And so they have to break down that self-confidence of like, how do I even become to what he is? And then the other one is that they're, some of them are just users. Like they want to, they want, they don't necessarily want you to tell them how to do it. They just want you to do it and let them reap the benefits. And those are the ones that like those spidey senses come off of like, yeah, we can have lunch, but you're really not trying to take away any real knowledge to translate that into yep. a malleable, moldable thing. You're just right. trying to have me put money in your pocket right now. And some of them might be okay. You might be like, oh, I could use that service right now. Okay, that's yep. cool. But yep. there's no growth there. And so, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I, I think you've gotten to where you are because you've been able to identify people around you that have, that's willing and want to sacrifice to grow. And yeah. sometimes that takes where you're the king and they got to sit at the table and just listen to the king speak a little bit. And so, you know, some people's ego just don't let them do that. Yeah, well, and it even goes back to a point that we were talking about earlier today where early in this conversation where even though maybe you're a king in, in your kingdom and maybe I'm a king, but there's still, when we come together, like I still have to be able to put it aside. It doesn't 100%. matter whether I'm a, I got the title or not, you know? Um, 
So it's interesting. You, you, I want to, before we move on here, cause you, you've just given us so many gold nuggets here for the person who's listening, who maybe is a smaller business, or maybe they're just, you know, younger and tenure in their business. And yeah, they're, yeah. they're really, really listening to what you got here. How does one approach a guy like you or me or the hundred million dollar guy that you just described with a 13 bedroom house? How do they with value or with like the understanding of wanting to receive and, and learn and grow where it doesn't come across to guys like you and me, where we're like Spidey sense, you just want me to buy your service. You're not really wanting to grow. Like how do they come across in, in the good way? Yeah. I think it's a, it's not, it's a difference between a sales pitch and an honest question of like gratitude of like, how can I learn? And I think the humbled approach is how you approach people like us. Yeah. There's something where, you know, I, I, Anybody that's on LinkedIn or some of these social channels get a ton of spam like, hey, oh, yeah. hey, I want to talk to you, Jeremy, about this and that. And sales, no spam, don't want to talk to it. But you might get one of those ones like, hey, you know, I'm just starting out. I saw that you were very successful. I'm doing this thing. I would love to understand, like, how did you take the steps to do X, Y, Z? But, you know, if you could use my service, cool. But, like, that's not the intention. Like, my intention is truly... And it could be their intention, but the way they worded it made you put your right. guard down and say like, you know what, let me at least see what they have. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's about being a little bit humble into your approach and take away the sales tactic. And yeah. when you take away your sales tactic, there's two things. There's confidence in yourself. You always know you're going to deliver. So like, you don't never have to worry about selling. That's like right. I, when I walk in a room, I'm never going to have to sell because I know what I deliver and my resume speaks for itself. So I'll leave it at that. And then the other one is being able to just have that humble presence of, yeah, I'm truly trying to learn and not be the smartest person in the room. Sometimes you have to act like you're the dumbest person in the room so you can absorb that. And if you're willing to be that, it's, it's totally like yeah. awesome. I and don't give... be afraid. Just do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, a, a lot of, a lot of people, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but, but we're introverts, you know, yeah, we're, yeah. we're not like you where, where you just love people. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe where you fall on that scale, but I want, I want to peel back a little, a little gathering the Kings information for the listener. Cause if they've been paying attention at all, we're, you know, getting close on 300 episodes. I launched this podcast simply just because I, I already started the mastermind and yeah. I had other people reaching out saying, Hey, I want to be involved, but they didn't have a big enough business. And so no big deal. We, we take seven and eight figure business owners in the group. How can I help yep. the guys that aren't at seven figures yet? Well, let me do a podcast and interview some of the people in my group. Some of the people like Jeremy, like this will yep. be cool. Well, the way that even I contacted you was yep. an email and I yep. sent you an email and I didn't say, Hey, come join my group. I think yep. I can help you. I sent an email that said, Hey, I'm, I have a podcast where I would love to interview a successful person like you and, and be able to provide value to other people. Yeah. Now, Jeremy, do you know how many people it, it's not 300. I don't have 300 members in my, yeah. in my group. Right. But do you know how yeah, many yeah, yeah. people have been on this show right here and been like, dude, this was so incredible. I like, I want to continue pressing in with you. How yeah. do we do that? I go, well, let me send you some information on the group. If we both feel like if it's a good thing, then then I'm really particular on it. But you know, then yep. then maybe I can I can look at the group right now and I can I can point out exactly you know who came from the quote unquote podcast, even though I didn't start the podcast to grow my my mastermind group. You know, yep. But it's the, it's literally what you just said is yeah. I can add value and I cold outreached to a guy named Jeremy Hodges on email. Yep. He responds saying, I would love to be on the show. This is fantastic. I'm sure you did a little research on me. You look up the deal. Even if, even if the show is brand new, there's some credibility to my name. You look me up, YouTube, Google, whatever, fine. And you're like, okay, great. Let's be on the show. And then if that turns into something with the group, cool. Or if we do a deal together or we do an event together, like exactly. who knows where it's going to go. Yep, exactly. Yeah, Everything man, you, you just can... said is exactly what's happening literally in this moment. And so I just wanted to be honest with the listeners. Like it's not about necessarily not selling or selling it's about just being genuine and adding value right yeah man and you know what it is too is like you provide such a great platform for entrepreneurs just to create energy and to learn that so a lot of people don't have the opportunity to just go to school and to go to mba and to go to right. northwestern business school what i love about what you do is that it's actually real businesses and real life 
experiences right. that you can be like, oh man, I don't want to run into that and catch those bruises. So like, that was a good point. And you have such an important platform that you should be praised for even reaching out. And that's why I was like, I had to be on it for you to be able to say, you know, be on it. It was just as important to me and like an honor. And I was humbled because you've built something that is just as important as anything else that's out here to me. That's cool, man. Well, I appreciate the kind words. And if anything, we've given the listener an exact script to reach up because yeah. most guys, most, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the dirty stories of the guy who's rude and arrogant and thinks you're less than. Yep. Most successful people aren't like that. So yep. keep reaching up. Even if you come across a guy like that, shake it off. Don't worry about it. he He's got worse things going on in his life <laughs> than, yeah, exactly. than, to, than to worry about you. Just keep reaching up <laughs> and, and somebody will, will make it happen. Okay, let's go to our speed round here, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, we're coming it. close on time and I want to I wanna be able to get some of these questions out. <clears throat> if you could only pick one metric to yeah. track inside your business, I know you're not a, you know, the people are the, is the thing for you, but what would you track if you only pick one thing? And, and or people impact on people's lives. Cultural okay. impact for me because events, I can transform and like when we designed Tupac Shakur Museum, that was a cultural impact. Yeah. But like when we are, if you're a real estate agent or you're a broker, or you're an in insurance, how do you impact people's lives to make their lives better? Commercial success is a poor barometer. I really love about how do you uplift people and enhance that service to yeah. be where it's so top notch that someone can't live without it or that it made such an impact in their lives that they're willing to tell everyone about you. Right. That would, that's the metric that I always look at of like, what's the why? Like, what are we impacting? Even when I talk to clients, like if Coca-Cola calls, I might turn down the project if they don't understand how to answer the why for me. I'll be like, well, why are you doing this? And they're like, ah, I got to just sell this, you know, this new product. It's like, I don't know, I apologize, but that's not for me, unless you're willing for me to build your why. And then we can, we can talk. And so that's, that's a huge one. Love it. I love how you you connected it to the why. And then even just with some practical things, reviews, referrals, how many businesses exactly. or how many how many customers come back or stay with you, retention. Like there's a lot of actual practical ways to to track that as well, which is yep. which is really, really cool. What book or maybe a resource would you recommend for a business owner trying to grow? Right now, I am really in love with Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act. Okay. He oh. has a a book about it's a business book and how to basically tap into your creativity and unlock the, the bigger notion of who you are as a being. So it kind of talks about understanding your why and who you are as a person and tapping into your own personal creative process to make you happy. Anything, everybody that works has a creative process. It's just that it's different depending on the, the what, what, what I love, whatever you work in. So yeah. like I said, if you're a lawyer, you have to be creative on how to get your clients what they need to be. Right. The ones that are the most creative are the ones that are the most successful. The so, ones that are the most creative in real estate of like, oh man, well, let's do this walkthrough. Let's do, you know, a Matterport. Let's do X, Y, Z. Let's send these emails. Let's make sure we send out calendars. Those are usually the ones that are selling the most real estate or like having that personal connection. So it's a really good book to just kind of like have you look at yourself and like understand that everyone has creativity and how do you unlock it and understand and look and own like your creative process. I love that. The great, great description as well. I think the listeners should pick that up. You're hundred percent right. Creativity or ingenuity yep. makes, makes success, man. Cause sometimes you just got to try it a couple different ways. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yep. What do you think about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? Oh, I love it. I'm always open to it. I think people that are stubborn or believe that they know it all That's are right. not going to last that long. I yeah. think people that are willing to, as you mentioned before, take their crowns off and just put them side by side with others, even if they're underneath you to a certain degree from a financial standpoint, yeah. it's always a level of like, what can I learn from that person? And then taking those nuggets, translating it to you to make your business yeah. or your personal success greater. So yeah. I am a huge component of opening up the doors because to be quite honest, my career would not be where it is if it wasn't for those mentors and those networking, or I would not have been invited to the tables that I've been invited to because, you know, having the network and having those allies, right. you might not see the reap the benefits. I've had so many calls where it's like, 
I might meet them 10 years ago and they might just call yesterday and say, hey, I got this project and I thought about you. That happens to me so many times because I built those allies and I never went into intentionally thinking like, oh, I'm going to do a deal with them or I'm going to go do this. It's like, let's build real human connections and those yep. human connections will translate into wow. successful business relationships. Yeah. And they do. And they do. It's yeah. funny because there's relationships even inside of Gathering the Kings. Obviously, that's my that's my main reference to be able to pull from. Yeah. But there's people across the country who didn't know each other, but now they do doing deals. Uh, and and that that just doesn't happen unless you put yourself in a position of not only vulnerability and humility, but then also like, hey, how do I how do we get creative here? Like you were just talking about, how do we get creative and how do I take my skill sets and serve you and you take your skill sets and serve me? Or how do we do it together to serve other people or, you know, whatever the situation yeah. is. So, okay. I got a question for you, Jeremy, around family. Yeah. I yeah. kind of tipped you off a little bit about this, but we're doing a family mastermind cruise here in a few months. And really the reality that I have come across myself as well as other entrepreneurs is that there's a marriage, there's kids, there's a business. And <clears throat> there's this like, ah, I got to be in all three places all at once. Yep. And I hate the word balance. I think it's, I think it doesn't exist. I, I, I love the word obsession. And I think that we yep. are obsessed about all three. How have you throughout all the year, these years of success been obsessed with all three? I have to say that my wife is the backbone of the family. She holds down a lot because I'm not here a lot because I'm going, but we've sat down and made that relationship and deal together of understanding this is our goal as a family. Because I think at one point in time, when I was a young entrepreneur, it was personal goals. But once the family starts getting involved, it's like, okay, how are we gonna grow this together? And what's your role in your position? So I remember brightest day, like we sat down one day and it was one of those things, like I was traveling like crazy and we just sat down and was like, you know what? Like, why aren't we running our family like a business that's like, who's the CEO, who's the CFO, who's this, who's the partner? Are we partners in this? If so. How's the equity state going? Like, what, what do I need to do to make sure you're happy and going into those lanes? And so yeah. when we approached it in that manner, it's like, okay, we are a team. We are going to go win this championship. And this is our goals. By the age of 50, we do this. At the age of 60, this needs to happen. By this, this needs to happen. And we just started checking boxes. And I must say, like, having that approach has strengthened our relationship to never falter the loyalty, the always wanted to be there and make sure that there's, I couldn't do what I've done without her being there, taking on a lot of the heavy lifting from a family standpoint and being the, you know, driving the kids back and forth and yeah. going to all the parent teacher conferences. She said, I, I hardly even know any of my kids teachers, but my wife does, you know? So, yeah. so to be quite honest, you know, like if it wasn't for her, I'd, I think it would be a total mess if it was me just like having right. an ego. Cause I, I do have an ego, not an ego, but I do have a obsession with doing what I do for a living. And I think it's with everyone. And if you play football, if you play baseball, there's like, you know, I think Kobe Bryant was probably one of the most obsessive of like always in the gym. I'm a guy that like is always up working and trying to talk or trying to do something. My team gets text messages at four in the morning and they all understand it now, but it's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I just had to get that off my chest and like off my, off my mind before I forgot it. So I'm just always moving and always trying to make stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the way that you've described running your family like a business, it doesn't mean that you take the heart of the family away. Exactly. It just means that you put structure or alignment into yep. the family, just like you would with an actual CEO and CFO and COO relationship, those, those roles and commitments to the roles and how are yep. we supporting each other? Those things actually play a huge difference. So, all right. One last question here for you, Jeremy, I want to know if you could whisper in the younger yeah. Jeremy's ear. Yep. What would you say? I think I would say never give up and keep going in my younger ear. I think I've always kept going, but like I would just emphasize that because there's all when you are, when you know you have a purpose and you know you are on the right path, you just have to know to keep going and never quit. It's also like you also have to understand when you're not on the right path. So it goes both ways. And I think when you're, when you know that you're starting to hit those roadblocks and you're like, ah, this is not the right thing. And you run into that kind of formula and it doesn't work out and it's not coming out. You have to have that humbleness to step back and say not to go, but right. you also can't give up. How do you flip it and change it to keep going? 
So I would always tell my younger self, never give up until anything I do, even if I translate it and say like, all right, let me go work at Target seasonally. I'm going to be the best seasonal Target worker that you've ever seen. And so, you know, that that's a, a big component for me. Yeah. Endurance, persistence, and even excellence, yeah. I heard. In yeah. There. 100%. I love it, man. You should be a, th- you should be a therapist. You, you are <laughs> catching on the words. You're, you're pretty good, man. <laughs> what did you say earlier? You find your superpower? I don't know about a therapist, but we'll go with podcast host. How about that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Jeremy, you've been incredible. How can the listener find you? So number one, I want to make it clear yeah. or give you an opportunity. Who's listening today that might be able to use your service? How can, how, like, give yourself a little quick 30 second promotion and how can they find you? And then after that, if they're an entrepreneur and they just want to pick your brain, how can they find you that way? Yeah. If you are in the world of business of any kind, we are here to help you develop strategies and content and social media and just overall build your why and purpose. I'm here to help. And if you want to reach out, you can reach out to me on Instagram, long live Hodges. That's at long live Hodges. You can, DM me and I'm always responding on there. So I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of people through this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've been incredible. The energy, as you said it earlier, the transfer of courage between the two of us, as well as to the listeners was, was pretty remarkable today. So thank you for being here. We wish you nothing but blessing your family, your team, you know, all the stuff that you have your hands into in 2023. Thank you for being here, buddy. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.